with many different artists and produces many different tracks with those artists. He's another contestant from The Voice season 20. He is the piano man of 2021, Mr. Keegan Farrell. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. It's so awesome to see, you know, you work with a good friend of mine, Andrew Marshall, and to see how successful you both are right now currently. What's that like? Let's go back to the story. Yeah, um, well, my mom got me started in piano when I was really young. So I actually didn't really want to have anything to do with it. I liked the idea of music, but to sit there and practice and learn piano when I was a little kid, that that wasn't really what I was interested in. I would have much rather been outside running around or whatever. But my mom noticed I had a propensity for music. So really early, she signed me up for piano lessons when I was seven years old. Yeah, that's how I got started. And she kind of kept me going. I really wanted to quit. She refused to let me. And then when she did, she would say something like, okay, you can go ahead and tell Mrs. Jusen, who was my first teacher, that you're not going to be there next week. And I would, I would always say, oh, okay, maybe I'll give it one more week. And one more week would turn into two more weeks. And here I am, 22 years old, I'm still playing the dang thing. So that's kind of how my story was with piano. I definitely owe a big thank you to my mom for not letting me quit. Um, and that's what I always tell young kids when they're taking piano lessons. And it's pretty easy to get discouraged, you know, piano is hard, but I always tell kids, don't, don't give up. My mom wouldn't let me quit. And I'm so glad that she didn't. Let's talk a little bit about your songwriting. You sing, you perform, you play piano. You know, there's been uh, videos of you on Facebook playing piano, um, on Instagram, all over social media. Let's talk a little bit about your songwriting style. What do you like to go to? Um, I would say I'm really heavily influenced by jazz and R&B and like and soul. So I tend to listen to older music. And the reason I'm talking about what I listen to is because that just like you are what you eat as a musician, you are what you listen to everything that you create is really a combination of things you've heard in your life. And so my biggest influences are Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, John Mayer, um, Slum Village, like Jay Dilla, like old hip hop and stuff. And so that stuff really comes out when I write is I, I love stuff that's soulful, laid back, relaxed and chill. Um, I enjoy pop music, but I just, I love the older stuff where it's, it's just got a lot of soul and feeling. And it's it, honestly, from a production standpoint, very open and sparse, but like, the very few instruments that are there, they all are serving a very specific purpose. And that's what makes the songs go, you know? So that that's kind of how I would say my writing style leans towards is old school. Old school. Bring it, bring it back. Yeah. On the piano. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so cool to see you um, play piano because I feel like a lot of people do not play piano anymore. And I know we talked about that in the beginning, but I just think that a lot of people need to kind of really understand how cool piano is, you know, Jerry Lee Lewis turned it into a drum. <laughs> yeah. So it's so right. cool to see how it is turned into, I mean, many different sounds and instruments nowadays. I mean, you can go on GarageBand and turn the piano into a guitar. Yeah, right. Absolutely. You can, you know, and I, I've seen you at the top show fair and I, I wish people, you know, saw more of you at the fair you get really into it when you play piano. You, you, your head's bumping, you're, you're dancing around a little bit, moving your head. 
what is that like feeling of playing the piano? It's like you're almost jamming out. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that it's it's kind of hard to describe because you don't really realize how much you're enjoying it. That's uh, that's one of those things where I don't even realize I'm I'm moving. I don't even realize I'm grooving like that. <laughs> I'm just having fun. Um, it's hard to describe because it's kind of like you get lost in the moment and you don't really realize what's going on. But I would just say for me, that's when I feel the most like myself. Um, I obviously love music and I love playing piano. I love singing. And when you got a tight band, when you got Andrew up front, who's doing a great job and amazing bass player, amazing drummer, there's really no better feeling. And when everything's locking like that, it's hard not to kind of start dancing and grooving and just get lost in the music. You're lost in the music indeed. And, you know, it's so cool to see someone, you know, of our age play piano. And when you play the piano, are you ever thinking about kind of where your hands are because you know other people who play the piano they're either looking down or they're looking up what's that like and and how much practice does that take to get to that level of just knowing where the chord is or hearing the chord and playing it yeah you said it yourself when you said hearing it that's the biggest thing is your ear is everything as a piano player and as a musician in general so I think the whole goal of piano in practicing piano is to practice to the point where you don't really have to think about, okay, I, I put my finger on this key, this key, and this key, and then I move it this key, this key, and this key. You want to have internalized it in your ear so much that it kind of just happens naturally. And the hand movement and all that becomes secondary. So that's kind of something I've always tried to work on when I've practiced is learning things by ear, because I think when you know it by ear, the movements and the technique and stuff that kind of comes out of what you what you hear. So I uh, I try not to look at my hands. I try to just kind of feel it and have practice enough where it just kind of happens and the different movements are almost secondary to what I'm hearing, what I'm envisioning, where I want to go. Some of my big influences in piano are Bill Evans, who's a great jazz piano player from you know the 60s. And then a really big fan of a current guy named Robert Glasper, who's he's a jazz player, but he's also a hip hop guy. And uh, those are two to name, to name a few out of several, those are two of my biggest influences. Um, and then also there's a Charlie Parker, who's, you know, saxophone player. He's not a piano player, but he influenced me a lot as far as just my soloing technique and just different melodies that he would play on the saxophone. I tried to emulate those a lot when I was in high school, especially on piano. And you play any other instruments or is it just piano when you, when you play? Um, piano is my main instrument, but I play guitar and I also play bass guitar a little bit. And then singing, if you include that. Nobody can forget about your singing. I mean, you're also on The Voice <laughs> with Andrew. And it, you guys you guys cracked me up, hand in the book, hand in uh, Blake Shelton back. You guys are so funny with that. I was cracking up watching that uh, video. What's that like to work with Andrew Marshall? Andrew's a great guy. We hit it off instantly. We actually were we were bus buddies basically uh we had to ride around in different vans and you have an artist number and you rode with the person who was every other number so his number was number one and my artist number was three so we were from day one riding around together on the vans and we hit it off really quickly and i just realized one that andrew's just a special guy his story is incredible his resilience is incredible his perspective on life is is really refreshing but also from a musical standpoint I just realized that this dude is is wickedly talented and he's got an amazing voice. Um, he's a great guitar player, great songwriter. Because of that, we just we just hit it off instantly. And I love working with him. One, because he's a great musician and that makes my job as a producer very easy. 
but two, and even more so is because he's, he's a really great friend of mine. It's great working with Andrew. So let's talk a little bit about The Voice. I want to share your story. We talked to Andrew. We did a podcast with him as well. But I want to talk about your story of The Voice. Yeah, it's a special thing. I mean, it's, I've never been around anything like it. I went to music school for a couple of years. And I think it's kind of like that in the sense that The Voice is sort of like musical musical boot camp. You know, you're around a bunch of musicians. Everyone speaks that musical language. Um, there's a competitiveness to it, obviously, just given the nature of the show. But there's also even more so just this really strong collaborative spirit. I can say in all honesty that every single contestant that I met was supportive, encouraging person. There were no problem people on the show. Everyone was great. We're, we've become a, a really honest, just like a little family. And so the TV part was cool. Meeting the celebrities, meet, having cameras in front of your face, all that was very new and exciting. But bigger than all of that and what's going to transcend all of that is the relationships with people like Andrew, with people like Connor Christian, with people like Emma, people that I'm really close with now and that I've worked with a lot on a singing show, as cool as it was. So I think the people is what makes it the most special and what will continue to make the most special thing. Talk about a family, talk about the people. And it's so interesting. You look at it from a different perspective of watching it on TV and you guys are talking about, that's my family right there up on TV. I'm, I'm supporting them, but I'm also going against them. Yeah. It's so interesting. Uh, a lot of people don't think about that while they're watching The Voice is that everyone is such a knit group and everyone, uh, their own style of singing. You both, actually, you and Andrew are talking about how much of a family and how many people that you learned from, learning from the coaches and even the amazing performers on there. Learning is was a huge part of the, the entire process. I went in there just wanting to be a sponge, sponge from what Blake had to offer, a sponge from what Nick Jonas had to offer, a sponge from what the other contestants had to offer, and also from what the vocal coaches who worked for the show had to offer. I was just ready to learn everything I could, take every piece of advice I could, and it didn't disappoint. I learned so much about my voice. Um, there's a lot of things I didn't know I could even do or just different areas of my voice that I didn't even know really existed that the vocal coaches at The Voice brought out in me. Um, and so I would say as a musician, as a musician, the voice was like a really rich experience for just learning different parts of my musicianship and aspects of it that I wasn't really aware were there. I mean, I just learned a lot about myself too, you know, not, not to make it overly like when you're in a situation like that and you're under the pressure and you kind of have to feel, you kind of feel like you have to put on for the cameras and be this person that you, everyone likes and people back home are going to want to vote for it and stuff. I just kind of learned that at some point you can't really sustain that you just got to be yourself you got to answer the questions the way that you truly feel about them you don't you want to you know put up a facade you can't keep that up forever and so I learned pretty early on that the best way to go about this reality tv show which is what it is is to be myself and be honest and be authentic and I can't change that and I don't really want to because people back home are going to sense if I'm being authentic or not and so I'm going to choose to just be myself and enjoy that and um, that's something I really took from the show so every time you were up on stage, that was you. Yeah, or at least I tried. I mean, ner nerves play into it. And you, I'm not saying I was perfect. You want people to like you. You want people to see you on TV and, and be like, that's something I want to vote for. Or during the interviews, you want to give off an answer that people are going to enjoy. But at the end of the day, my, my biggest goal was like, now I'm going to go out and represent who I am and what I believe in to the best of my ability. And you work with so many different artists nowadays. What's that like? Have you worked with any of the voice contestants? Yeah, I've worked with several of them. I'm, I'm up to about seven or eight right now wow. that I'm producing for or have produced for, which is 
blows my mind, but it means a lot to me that they place their faith in me with their music and their talent and their songs that are really important to them. And they would trust me with them. That means a lot to me. Can you share some of the artists that you have worked with on The Voice so we can have our listeners listen to them on Spotify? Yeah, um, Andrew Marshall, um, Corey Ward is somebody that we're going to start working together with soon. Emma Caroline, she's a country artist here in Nashville. Avery Robertson, he's also a country artist from North Carolina. Connor Christian, kind of rock pop artist from Denver. Oh, Riley Modig, who's in from Boston area. Um, and she is like a pop singer, kind of Billie Eilish vibes. And she's incredible. So those are the six or seven I can think of off the top of my head. As we've talked about, Andrew Marshall has been on on the podcast before, and he's got a song out that I produced called Don't Wish Your Life Away that I think is just a beautiful song. I think it's a song that we really can all relate to. And uh, I think he did a great he did a great job at writing that song. So that's one that I'm really, really proud of to have been a part of. And then there's another song by my buddy Avery Robertson called Alive that we just put out that I produced and he wrote. And that song, it got like 2 million views on TikTok. And since then, it's almost at 100K on both Spotify and Apple Music. So absolutely stoked about that. Um, I could list so many, but Andrew and Avery are two guys I'm really, really rooting hard for. um, And that have some music out right now that I think people can really relate to and enjoy. So you talk about relating to the music. I want to talk about Andrew's song, Don't Mm -hmm. Wish Your Life Away. What does that mean to you personally? Well, I think it just, you know, in my 20s now, which is, I'm definitely not old or anything. I'm still really young, but it's crazy for me to even say that I'm in my 20s. Like, I feel like similar to the sentiment that Andrew expresses, I feel like I was running around as a little kid, like we talked about taking piano lessons and stuff yesterday. And so for me to be out on my own, I live in my own place in Nashville. I've got my own job as a production is my full-time gig. I'm not in school anymore. That is insane to me in a good way. Like, I feel so blessed to do that. I've always wanted to work as a musician full time. And that hasn't been a reality until the past two years. And so to step into that kind of season of my life is incredibly rewarding. But it's, it's like, it's a weird feeling, you know, you, you, you look forward to it for so long, you dream about it, you work super, super hard for it. And then it starts to come to fruition. And it's like, okay, what's next, you know, and it's kind of a weird feeling. And so um, I think for me, the, similar to Andrew, that just process of growing up, it flies by so incredibly fast. And um, I think it's just good to think about that. And I think Andrew's song is kind of a space where you can do that. And I'm really proud to have worked on that song because I I believed in it the second I heard it. What about Alive? Let's talk a little bit about that song. Yeah, Alive is, is is a breakup song. So it's a really sad song. And, you know, we've, I think we've all been there where you, you, you know, miss out on a person that you really care about and things don't go the way you planned. And, and so that song is just his, his whole, the way he wrote it is, it just hits really, really hard. And I think what's special about it is there's a million breakup songs, but the hard part about writing a breakup song is you got to find your own angle on, on a breakup. And so I'll leave it to the people listening to check it out. But the way that Avery is able to take it, take an angle on that, I think is unique. And it's, it's not your typical angle that you would take on a breakup song. For the second he played it for me, I recognized that and I was just blown away by it. So many different songs, so many different artists that you work with. You work with so many different genres of music. Uh, When you work with those type of genres of music, do you feel as though that you have learned something from each genre when you work with these artists? Oh yeah, I've learned so much from doing different styles and it's crazy. Like I wouldn't have expected to be recording country music or rock and roll music because that's not, 
what I do, I guess. But as a producer, it's important to be able to do different styles and be versatile. And I'm thankful that I grew up listening to country music and stuff because people don't realize that people wouldn't associate with me, but my dad's a huge country fan. So it's crazy that probably half of my work recently has been country music which has been so much fun because that's actually kind of what I grew up on. So that's an example where it's been great to have different styles and sounds that have influenced me my whole life. Well, you are in the uh, music capital there. Right, right. And (laughs) And so with those genres, it comes with many different artists, many different lyrics. And what's that process like? Can you go through the process of being a producer and maybe what you do on a daily basis with these artists? It really varies, but I think the overarching goal of a producer is to cast a creative vision for the project. So generally what that looks like is an artist will come in and they'll have either a piano vocal or a guitar vocal, usually guitar vocal. They'll come in with a guitar and play their song just like they might play it at a coffee shop, strumming, singing the melody, play that for me. And then I have them give me some reference songs or artists that they kind of are envisioning it sounding like. So maybe they play it and they say, and I kind of want it to sound like gravity by John Mayer. I kind of want it to sound like a One Direction song or what it literally could be anything. And so that way I can kind of piece together what I heard initially on their first play, piece that together with what I know about these different artists and how they sound. And from there, it really just becomes a matter of trial and error. I sit down at my desk, I start adding piano sounds, drum sounds, guitar sounds. And the thing about production is like, most of the ideas you try probably suck, honestly, like, most of the stuff I play when I'm recording a record, I'm like, man, that sounds horrible. And I like try the next thing. I try the next thing. And then you find that that next element that kind of fits in like a key and a lock. That's a really broad overview of it. But I think of production as every single instrument needs to complement the song. So if you think about it, it kind of is like a bunch of gears and they all are really small, but they all kind of piece together, kind of like in a watch. And one element by itself, you might not be able to hear it, but when they all kind of add up and start locking in together, they make one cohesive idea. And so I always tell people like, make sure whatever you do, it serves the song. Um, And that's really important. And so it it usually takes, I would say a song from start to finish, maybe like 20 to 30 hours. It's a long time. Yeah, it is a long time. It's a lot of uh, sitting at your desk and looking at the screen. Yeah. And Andrew, I remember this because I did edit the video at the Top Sold Fair. And I am very honored and uh, privileged to do that and even watch you guys perform at the fair. Uh, He looked over at you. I remember it. And he said, I listened to Keegan about everything. And then he (laughs) said everything again. And the reason why I know it is I edited that a couple of (laughs) times. He said that. And I'm thinking now what you're saying is that you start to play the piano for people. When you hear their song or a lyric, automatically in your head go oh I think I know what this this sounds like and play that because that's kind of what Andrew thought of you being able to do that being able to create that piano sound that guitar sound that drum sound yeah um well you hope it happens that quickly sometimes it doesn't sometimes you've got to sit with it I would say it's just like just like songwriting or just like really any creative process sometimes you just hear a song you know exactly what what it needs you hear a song, oh, it needs a guitar there. The drums need to come in here. It's got, it has this little piano line that's up high and it kind of fills itself out. And then sometimes you got to keep listening to it over and over again. And like I said, just plugging certain things in. Oh, it doesn't fit. That doesn't fit. That doesn't fit. That one sounds all right. Oh, there, there it is, you know? But yeah, I would say like my strength as a producer is I'm pretty quick at being able to hear those elements that it needs and 
start to put them together in some way that's kind of like ruined music for me because I can't not listen to a song without analyzing it. Um, but it's it's like a fun thing. It's it's almost like a game for me when I hear songs on the radio or hear songs, sometimes I'll I'll sit there and pretend like I'm the producer and like, what would I've added? What would yeah. I take away? I like that. Ooh, I didn't like what they did there. And I, I can't divorce that from my music listening. I, I, ha- I have to do it. <laughs> no, because you're so in tune to doing it all the time and you're so willing to do it for these different artists as well. So you have a whole different mind frame of thinking about music than any other average person would, unless you're a producer. That's yeah. kind of what yeah. I get from that. You're working with these artists. You hear many different genres. What is the most important part of working with those artists? Giving the opportunity to listen to their music, listen to their lyrics. What's that like for you? I take it uh, as a very serious responsibility, not to make it seem like I don't have fun with it, because I, I think it's you should, you know, it should be fun. It should be creative. It shouldn't be something where people are scared to mess up. But I take it as a tremendous responsibility that this person is taking their time and their music and handing it over to you and basically saying, how do you want to approach this? How should we make this sound? And not only that, they're paying you to do it. So it's a very, very important job that I don't take lightly. And that's that's kind of how I see it. Is like I, it means a lot to me that they would do that. And I always try and remember that the artist is always right. So it doesn't matter how much I think that this part of the song should go here or that they should go up or we should add this instrument here. It's my job to suggest that. But if they don't like it, my job is to make their song how they want it to be. Ultimately, they, they're in charge of me. They get the veto power. So um, that's one of the, the things I've learned as a producer is like you always have to serve the artist. No matter how much you want something to happen, you always have to serve the artist. And how do you deal with that positive criticism? Because I know that you can talk to people in a way that they think, well, you know, this is my song. I want to do it this way. How do you encourage them to kind of think about it in a different way? I guess there's a fine line. You can... My, my policy is definitely once I'll tell them what I think, maybe twice if I feel really strongly about it. But if I can realize that they're pretty set on this idea, I respect that. And I also come at it from the perspective of I'm not always right. I certainly am wrong a lot of the time. And this person is a very musical, talented person, too. And there's a good chance that I'm hearing something wrong or something that is going to be uh, not as good as their idea. And there's been plenty of things where I'm like, man, I'm really glad I went the direction that they wanted, because had we gone with my direction, I can see now that wouldn't have served the song as well as the idea that the artist had. So just understanding that this person has a lot of great ideas as well. And there's a good chance that they're making the right call. And so much credit that you deserve as a producer. A lot of people don't get that credit. I will give you that credit and hopefully everyone else will too. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Of course. Of course. I mean, you work so hard to create these songs. You work with these artists, you work left and right. You said about 30 hours and you continue to try to make it better than it was before each time you work with the artist. It takes a lot of patience, a lot of time and uh, a lot of respect. And I respect that. I want to talk about the experience that you had, not the voice, but even something cooler than the voice, the national anthem at the Titans game. That is so cool. Thank you. Yeah. They were playing the Colts in Indianapolis. So I'm in, you know, I'm a Hoosier. I'm from Indiana, live in Nashville now, but I grew up my whole life in Indiana. And so the person who books the national anthems 
he had seen me on the voice. He saw that I was from Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is right down the road from Indianapolis, about an hour and a half. And so he just said, Hey, I uh, saw you on the voice. Would you be interested in doing an anthem for the Colts? And I said, of course I would be. And then he said, okay, you'll, you'll be hearing back from me soon. And it was probably like a whole month. So I messaged him and I was, I was worried. I was, Hey, are we still going to do this? And he said, no, it just takes a while to, to get this down in the books. And then after a while he messaged me and said, Hey, October 31st Colts versus Titans. You good to go? And I said, yes, I'll be there. And um, it was really cool because it was between my two like cities, you know, it was Colts grew up a whole, whole life watching Peyton Manning, watching the Indianapolis Colts. And now I'm in Nashville and here they are playing the Tennessee Titans. So it was a good game to be at. And uh, my whole family was able to make it. And it was just a really special moment. You walk out on the field and there's 60,000 people staring at you and kind of sends a shiver down your spine. <laughs> but I think being on The Voice really helped me kind of calm myself down in those sort of situations. And all I did was just try and imagine I'm singing in the shower or something. Just tried to kind of blur <laughs> out everybody. 60,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it helped because I was standing at one end of the end zone facing that end zone. So it looked a lot smaller because mm-hmm. the majority of the stadium was behind me. So it looked like I was honestly singing in kind of like a, a big auditorium or something. I'd practice it a bunch. And that's the biggest thing. If you prepare hard, it should really help the nerves in the moment because you've done it so many times. But that's just, that is one cool experience. And your family was there. And that's so, so meaningful to you. And I can tell it means so much for you because you brought it up and you said that that was a, a moment, you know, that you probably will never forget. And just no. like the voice too. I mean, the opportunities that you guys continue to have you and Andrew and many of the different artists on the voice it's just so cool you know to see you sing at the tennessee titans game that's just so cool because i remember i saw i saw the photo and i was like whoa that's awesome yeah they don't show it on tv but you know i wish they did i wish they they do on local stations but not on the big ones which i would that'd be nice (laughs) that way it would be nice yeah well and and you prepared like you said you had a lot of fun you went out there and you were just you and that's yeah. what makes that what makes you just you. And that's weird to say, but it's the truth. You just got to be you. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Like in life in general, you're never going to make any progress if you don't make mistakes. I mean, I go back and I listen to stuff that I posted on YouTube and whatever years ago. And I literally like cringe at it, how bad it is. But I leave it up there because for me, it's kind of it makes me feel good to see the progress because at one point. I remember being so excited to post that because I thought it was so, so good, but it makes me excited because that means that there's a lot of progress that I can still make and learn every single day. And I would hope that's the case. I hope in 10 years, the stuff that I'm making now, I look back at and I think, man, you've gotten so much better from then. That's exciting to me. So I think failure and making things that maybe don't sound the greatest or show different weaknesses, like that just means that there's so much more that you can learn and so much more you can improve upon. Yeah, you said it exactly. Perfect. You just want to keep doing it and doing it until it is better than it was before. All over Facebook, all over social media, all over Spotify. And many of the artists that you mentioned are also all over Spotify. Yeah, I try and keep it consistent as just Keegan Farrell music. That's K-E-E-G-A-N-F-E-R-R-E-L-L music. That's my name on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter is K Farrell music. But other than that, TikTok, it's all Keegan Farrell music. Um, and you can just look up my name on Spotify or App Music, and that's you're you're gonna find me that way. And I have a website which is keeganfarrellmusic.com. So that's kind of a landing page for for all of them. They're all listed on there. So 
you have people that uh, reach out to you to um, produce one of their songs or how does that work? I mean, if anyone needs is looking for a production, I, a good way to contact me is through my website. There's a contact form in there or email, but typically uh, people just send me an email and get to know them from there and just start talking about their song. So that's, that's a good way to do it. And that's usually how I go about things. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people are interested in learning about the uh, music engineering process. Yeah. So, because I know that a lot of people that go into radio kind of have to learn that type of thing and they're always interested in learning it. So it's good to have someone that's our age talk about those type of things, but also even people who have produced music look at someone who's doing it differently than they have. Right. Yeah. You can reach out to them um, through the website, the listeners for this podcast to check out your music and all the other artists that you have worked with or recommend. I want to give a huge shout out to my, my buddies from the voice. He is the piano man of 2021. I'm just going to give you that right now. He's a producer. His name is Keegan Farrell. And I want to thank you so much talking with us today about your career and uh, one more time, can you plug your Spotify and social media? That'd be great. Yeah. Keegan Farrell Music is what I go by on all those different platforms. Um, obviously, it's just Keegan Farrell on Spotify and Apple Music. But a good place to just find it all is my website, KeeganFarrellMusic.com. And I just want to say thank you, Jack, for having me. It's been awesome to talk to you. And I really appreciate you bringing me on here. It's an honor. 